You are listening to the Tenth Men podcast, where we discuss the ideas, theories, and principles to help you live a wealthy, healthy, and happy life. My name is Harish, and I'm a third-year medical student. And my name is Felix. I'm a graduate entry medical student and content creator. Welcome back to the third part of the three-part episode. In the first episode, we covered why spontaneity is better than planning and in the second episode we covered how can someone foster spontaneity and that's where we talked about safety systems that allows us to be more spontaneous because we believe there should be an equal balance of both planning and spontaneity and that's what this episode will be covering okay i think we're pretty much reaching the end of the podcast we just have one last question to address i think able arms kick it off but the question is what will planning and spontaneity lead to and is there actually a best of both worlds so abe why don't you kick it off i'm 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 chuffed to be honest gents not only with how the podcast has gone so far but with the fact that i'm kicking this one off because it's been on the tip of my tongue you know you've heard me yeah, say yeah, yeah multiple times make reference to the fact that i'm going to save that for the third question holding your audience back look if i if i had sleeves there'd be an ace squarely up there (laughs) but i don't have sleeves so there's no ace so i'm going to disappoint but anyway Mm. the point is um is there a middle ground i think we spoke about if you do either one we've got the pitfalls we've got the perks and probably for most people structures the safe bet i hear that i get that um but if you can implement a little bit of spontaneity then I think you're going to succeed. And if it works for you, and that's the big thing, we've discussed whether or not it suits everybody. But what I have, and and genuinely may or may not be the ace up my sleeve, but what is a really interesting spin on this, I think, is actually that rest, that recuperation that we spoke about, be it Harish watching a film, me playing some video games, um, Felix going for a walk, whatever it might be, I believe that can be your structure. And what I mean by that, it may not appear to make sense on the surface, is that that is when your subconscious brain is going to be doing the work. That's when your mind is going to be recuperating, is going to be gaining energy to produce some optimal creative um, material. Whatever whatever field of life you happen to be in, and the reason I say that in whatever field of life, because we're obviously at very different ends of the spectrum academically, is in this book, Rest, there's... um, an example of, of three gentlemen. One of them is Charles Dickens, who, of course, we know is a writer. Mm. One of them is uh, Ingmar Bergman, who is a director. So, again, very different position. And one of them is Henry uh, Poincaré, who was a mathematician. So these are men who are not quite polar opposites, but are certainly not obvious bedfellows. And they all advocate the four to five hour um, working day. And these mm. are men who have been pioneers in their fields these are not men who have coasted through just about making ends meet and obviously that's not the definition of success that's not, not what i'm trying to say that it's about money but these are not men that have just um epitomized average and these men all advocate advocate the four to five hour working day and my notion is that four to five hours of optimal stimulus of optimal creativity is enough to work without the perfect structure because I believe most people have the hours of 7am to 9am and most people have the hours of 7pm to 9pm. Most people. And if not, I believe it's possible to find those hours at other points throughout the day. So what should be structured for me is what's going to put you in the perfect optimum position to make those hours count. 
And an example I can give of that is John F. Kennedy. At some of the most pivotal times during his stint as, as, as president of the United States, would go to his sleeping quarters, get into his pajamas in the middle of whatever it happened to be that was pressing, that was serious, and he would just sleep for as long as he desired. And he would come out a new man, refreshed, rejuvenated, ready to go, mm. and he would knock the ball out of the park. And it would be very different if this was just he'd, he'd undo his tie, loosen it a bit, and his head would fall flat at his desk. But he would make a particular effort to incorporate that rest into his life. And their lives, okay, were oriented around work, but not their days. Their days were oriented around what might optimise that work when they decided to do it. And I believe if you take that, and it's not something for me, sleep, that works well in the structure, but it's something that can if you except that you really need to commit to it and optimize it and use a power net to increase productivity, then I think that is a, I don't know if you know what I'm saying here, but I think that's a very healthy middle ground between spontaneity and structure. And and, and there's uh, the gentleman I mentioned from the University of Montreal, um, Hans Nielsen, I believe, made the point that, okay, we can't all do what John F. Kennedy does. For some mm. of us, it might just be when we feel the urge to, to nap at the desk, just close our eyes for a minute or two. Mm. Um, and don't fight the fact that you need to rest because when you do, you can optimize yourself for those hours of work and you can be as optimally productive as you want. Felix, you wake up early, you go to the gym. I think that's your sort of rest. I think mm. that's when you get your head in gear for the day. Absolutely. For me, that's a middle ground that can be explored. I'm sorry, gents, I've thrown a lot at you there. But mm. I, I don't know if any of you have any views on that, on that notion. Yeah, I think... <laughs> Firstly, I'll actually address the example because I thought it was really interesting that you mentioned John F. Kennedy because Roosevelt, which you know he's widely considered to be one of the very interesting presidents to say the least, he actually is an example that's often used by someone called Cal Newport who wrote a book mm -hmm. called Deep Work. And I think what you're referring to this, you know, sort of remove distractions. I think what you're referring to is deep rest, right? Mm, yes. And deep rest is essentially a prerequisite for deep work. You can't yes. work really hard if, if you're not rested. You know, it's just not possible. You just don't have the energy. Uh, and I think the, the balancing side to that is if you are well rested, if you do have the right sleep, you can have deep work because Roosevelt had a huge array of extracurricular interests. He would do boxing, wrestling, bodybuilding, dance lessons, and all of this stuff, right? And he even published his first book, which was about birds in the summer following his first year of college. And... In his diary, I think he's, he would mention that he would spend no more than a quarter of his typical day studying. And even though that's a lot less than sort of students in that day, he still managed to achieve honours in five of his seven first year classes, right? So obviously he was very academically talented. He went on to become the president, yet he re really did have this idea of having that deep work. And I'm sure by, uh, as a consequence, also he must have had a, an idea of deep rest as well, because he, he's not able to that through without having that rest so i think in a nutshell abe with with what you're saying is that if you if you use this 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 new sort of framework that we've got the the pilot the plane uh, the engineer and the parachute as well you can ensure that you're working hard in the moment but you're also taking time to ensure that you're working smart and that you're working towards the right thing right and personally going off what you've said and, and what we've discovered i think if you can do that if you can work hard in the most effective manner and towards the right goal, then it should lead to a life where 
you know that you are doing the exact right thing at exactly the right time, right? The exactly the right things at exactly the right time. So I think the best quote that I can actually come up with was uh, Bruce Lee, who's, who's actually, who does a lot of Taoist philosophy. He once famously said, be like water, my friend. Water flows into a cup and it becomes a cup, flows into a bottle, it becomes a bottle. And he says, be like water, my friend. I think that's very much what spontaneity is. So adding this planning element to spontaneity, I would say, be like water where possible, but learn to control the direction, the intensity and character of your flow, right? And it's not always possible, okay? So, and understand it's not always possible so that you don't always, you don't lose your fluid-like quality. So you don't lose that spontaneity because you you always expect things to go to plan, right? And if you can internalize this, I think you really can use spontaneity as like a self-containment system where let's say you're sad, okay? You don't want to be sad, but you recognize that you're sad in the moment, but every moment is a new moment. Every day is a new day and you can let it go. And you can, you can foster that fluid-like uh, sort of pliability of your brain and mindset and you get to be put in that flow state. And that's a consequence of being able to rest really deeply and also being able to work really deeply, right? What do you think, guys? So, I mean, the way I interpret this is the way, um, by the way, hey, that JFK example, I didn't hear, hear about it before. That's an amazing example, like how he Thank would you. take a nap. And then just so that he could get his creative juices flowing on take yeah. on all the tasks. That's a, that's the first time I ever heard of that. That's really an amazing example. Thank you. And coming back to Felix as well, like controlling what you can, I'm also seconding that. That's actually true. Control what you can. But the thing is, there are some unexpected things in life. You have to be adaptable. You have to be pliable. And pretty much like how Abe said, there are some things that you can't control and there will be unexpected things in life and you have to be spontaneous. But the way I think of it is, putting both of it in like in a summary is more of thinking of whether that spontaneous decision would actually, you know, add any value. As I said before, add any value, simple as that, go for it. If you find it desirable, as Abe said, if you find it desirable, if you feel like, you know, it's actually going to make you better, it's going to get your creative juices flowing, you're going to be working at the optimum level. Like as Felix said, you know, deep work, if you're going to be realized that you will be working at the maximum output at that point of time, go for it. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, you can't let too much of that as well. Because I have this example. Um, this was way before, like, you know, Abe got into this whole example of spontaneity. But I had this example of uh, where spontaneity is more of a meandering river. So I think I, I told Felix this before. So yeah, uh, it's more of a meandering river because if you don't really control anything and then you just let spontaneity take over, you'll just be meandering for miles and miles and miles and eventually end up at the sea. But if you do realize there's one straight line to the sea from where you are at, why not go for it? I'm not saying you have to stop meandering. That will be meanders because that's your natural cause of you know nature. As a river, it 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 will meander no matter what. That's what will happen to a river. But I'm just saying there will be unexpected things meander. But at the same time, try to control what you can. Eventually, you will reach the you will reach your goal. You'll reach that outcome. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think that's pretty much my point towards like you know if there's a best of both worlds it is possible but you have to know yourself you have to be aware of yourself you need to know 
what will actually lead to the best outcome. Like you need to be more self-conscious about the decisions that you're making. If you feel like you want to go to Kilimanjaro the next day, well, think about it. Think about the repercussions. I think you have to think things through, but there's nothing wrong with being spontaneous. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think that's more than correct. Just before Felix wraps up, I I, I, I thank you, um, Harish, for commending the example. But I think without the framework that you provided, without the notion that you alluded to of safety nets, it would make little sense. Of course, when you're the, the president, the safety net is a little bit easier. <laughs> you are <laughs> wandering in with a sleeping bag to our to our lecture. Might seem a little bit a little bit a little bit cocky, a little bit pompous, or just downright stupid. So there is that. But um, no, all seriousness and, and jokes aside, when Felix, you put it into the terms of um, deep rest mm. and deep work, I think that said what I was looking to say in just four words. And there's also deep play that Roosevelt may well have advocated for because, OK, boxing isn't exactly relaxing, mm. but it's a mm. resting of the mind in some regard. And it's certainly play. And what I mean by that is the intensity through which I'm sure he was training, at which I'm sure he was training, mm. would, would maybe... Um, uh, rival some of the uh, political pursuits that he had or yeah. some of the academic pursuits that he had and so he had a broad spectrum and again just to bring it back to the point which you're better at doing than I am but the 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 plain metaphor the notion of water and the idea that water is you would you use pliable I can use malleable malleable it, it can drift in and out it can have its little flow it can have a drain pipe that leads off here or there but as Harish said an overall structure an overall framework, and we can foster spontaneity. And just to make it clear, the point I was making with JFK was that, yes, sleep is a pretty spontaneous thing. That deep rest is a pretty spontaneous thing. It can't always be scheduled. Mm -hmm. But if we optimize that deep rest and that deep play, then we can be very productive throughout our deep work. And that's my final reflection on it. And I'm sure you two gentlemen will wrap it up far better than I can. But uh, I think it's been a tremendous discussion. No, I think both of you have done an absolute fine job in terms of expanding on the points, bringing things together. We've made some really good frameworks here. We've got some really nice examples. JFK example is great. And it just shows, you know, like sometimes you have to rely on what you have at the moment. You can't plan for everything, right? Every day is a new day. And no matter how hard you try, you cannot plan for everything. There are some things that you can control. So what you can control for, you should plan for. Okay, fine. But just remember that for each thing you can control, there will be five things you can't control. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So plan for that, which you can control, but you need to be ready for that, which you cannot control by understanding that nothing is guaranteed. You can only be prepared for everything if you expect nothing. Right. Yeah. So really, you know, think about the plane, the parachute, the engineer and the pilot. So really you should be doing both spontaneity, and also planning, you know, spontaneity for the micro and planning for the macro. Live in the moment, but also sort of estimate how many moments you have so that you can plan to utilize each moment completely, you know? Oh, stop it, you. This is getting too good now. Somebody needs to clip his wings. Zikaris is flying way too close to the sun over here. But these points, yeah, they, they tie everything together so neatly. But yeah, man, it's, it's been an absolute, in, like, it's been a great, great discussion. And uh, I think... I should agree in saying that we're really, really happy to have you yeah, on here. Definitely. You know, it was an amazing um, discussion. I mean, this is our first time having a guest over on this episode. Yeah. Yeah. On this podcast. That's really been an interesting discussion. Yeah. All right. So the last section of this podcast, before we wrap it up and summarize, 
is, of course, the insight of the week. And since Abe is our guest, kick it off, man. Okay, so we've got a trivial one for you. The trivial one, um, which will be juxtaposed with the slightly more in-depth philosophical artistic one. The trivial one is EA servers are absolute dross. Dross. Don't worry, you don't have to blur it out. But they are terrible. The game is a scam. It takes your money from you. It ruins your day. It makes you break controllers, screens, uh, brothers, sisters, whatever else. No, EA servers are a mess. But, but, uh, I I can surely do better than that. And what I'd like to do is is, um, just on the notion of sleep, draw your attention to um, an interesting uh, take on it that I found. And we talk about uh, a nap for 30 minutes. What about a nap for 90 seconds? It's pretty crazy, isn't it? Is it even possible? So um, for the resident artists that may or may not be listening to the podcast, you may know Salvador Dali, art connoisseurs may know Salvador Dali and and the Melting Candle with some of the tremendous um, paintings that he, he, he put together. His work, he claims, would have been done when he was asleep, but not really the eight hours he slept the night before. He would sit down on a bony, uncomfortable, rigid Spanish armchair, and he would just about get himself tired enough so that his head nodded back. You know, when you're struggling to stay awake on the bus, but you don't want to miss your stop kind of scenario. Mm. But what he would do is he would have a, a metal spoon or plate in his hand so that the second his head knocked back and he began to sleep for that sort of trance-like 60, 80, 90 seconds, this would smash on the floor and ricochet. And so he wouldn't be able to sleep. And he claims in that 60 to 90 seconds, that trance-like state, dream-like notion, is where all his work would be done. Wow. All his art would come to life. And of course, we know looking at his art, it's quite trippy. And nowadays, you might think it's a bit psychedelic. But that goes to show you right there that you don't necessarily need substances if you can use the the, the substances in the body correctly, oh, the substances yeah. that sleep provides. Yeah. And you can manipulate that. And I don't know. He says it took. He said it took its time to work. He said it wasn't just something he stumbled upon. Mm. He had to perfect that ability to do that. But the benefit of it being such a short uh, period of time, the brevity of it, is that unlike a dream where you forget everything, he knew it straight away. He knew what he thought of in that ninety seconds. So it was all ready to go, pen to paper, and um, yeah. That I hope that's not too philosophical a thought. But I thought it was an interesting one. No, that's really interesting, actually. Oh, man. It's always an A-game. Oh, <laughs> I feel like my, my insight of the week is, is is not insightful enough. That was actually really sick. Yeah. Uh, because, oh, thank, you. thank you. Like, yeah, Salvador Dali. I, I know he's a famous painter. I've seen some of his works, but I never knew sort of the creative process. And it's no. really interesting yeah. that uh, that's how he came up with it. And mm. a lot of stuff, like, just in general, have been dreamt up. You know, mm. I think the structure of a benzene, which is a chemical molecule, that was also mm. in a dream. And it's it's just crazy what we can get out of dreams. And one other thing that you mentioned was how you can utilize the chemicals in your body. Yeah, I think people forget that your brain is the most powerful chemical factory in this world. <laughs> very good. Like, yeah, legitimately, you can point. synthesize yeah. almost you know whatever drug it is. All the other drugs do is just manipulate it in a way that you can induce it reliably. Yeah. So okay, yeah, no, that was a great great insight. Well. Uh, sorry sorry felix just to um take a moment i i I think like you say yeah the that's the point but the fact that you referred to the chemical molecule you know it shows it's not just science 
that we, it's not sorry it's not just art it's not just creative pursuits also science has its place in the dreamlike trance-like state um so yeah tremendous point from you too Harris, you want to go next? No, I'll finish up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, that 90 second slip was actually an amazing thing. I'm going to look it up right after this. Not going to lie. <laughs> well, uh, my insight is not actually really an insight. It's just uh, more of an advice to everyone because right now I'm a third year medical student and I'm right now um, in a hospital in Middlesbrough. And I can tell you, COVID is hitting everyone pretty bad. The hospital is stretched for staff, stretched for nurses, stretched for doctors. So I would urge everyone, please do maintain the social distancing. Please do wear the masks. If possible, try to wear the masks outside your house as well. Try not to like, you know, just not wear the mask only in uh, shopping centers or whatever it is. Please do wear the mask every single time. Please maintain good hand hygiene because I have been in what so on and so forth. And I've seen the doctors working really hard. They are like the a four man doctor job is split between like two other doctors now because some of the doctors are off home because of COVID, so on and so forth please do try to maintain social distancing because many people are getting affected by this like each place in uk is going now into tier two or tier three lockdown please do be careful because people's education are being affected so i mean because i'm just saying this because right now i'm in the hospital i mean not right now but i'm working in the hospital almost monday to friday and i know how bad it is in the hospitals so please do be aware of the situation please do be aware of who you're affecting around you that's all i'd like to say yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and for mine, uh, it's 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 a it's another quote. It's actually one of my favorite quotes of all time, and the reason I'm saying it now is because I know a lot of people have started university and are wondering, you know, where's the next couple of years going to lead? You know, am I enough? Am I studying enough? And this quote I revisit all the time, and it's one from Steve Jobs, and it goes like this: Life can be much broader once you discover one simple fact. Everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you, and you can change it. You can influence it. You can build your own things that the other people can use. Once you learn that, you'll never be the same again. It's one of my favorite quotes of all time, and it's something that really reminds me that everything I've ever known, everything that I know to constitute the external world was made by humans just like me, and if they can transform the world, then not only can I do the same, but with their knowledge and with their help and what they have done already, I can do it better. So just a little bit of a, you know, blast from the past from my little quote bank for anyone starting university, anyone sort of making plans for the future, especially with the uncertainty we have now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't follow that. You see, that was, that was so well put, but there's no point in me trying to interject anything. <laughs> the only thing I can say is thank you to Harish for the work he's doing throughout the week. I think it's tremendous. And thank you for reminding people of that, you know, it puts a good spin on this podcast, makes it, um, pretty pretty real you know what's going on in the world and 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 what is for you or i just larking about and not really caring whether we've got a mask is life or death for somebody else and is a strain on our national resources so thank you for reminding us of that and, and felix what a remarkable quote that was um and it it was a resonant one too you know you look at the world and when you when you step back it's very daunting but then you step back again and that could be you, you know, um, just get your head right, get the formula right in your mind and, and, and don't be arrogant, but don't be afraid either. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks guys for the insights. It's been really, really good to chat to both of you. And before I summarize, of course, I wanted to ask Abe, you know, where can, where can people find you the easiest and, um, you know, just social medias and plugs and et cetera. 
Yeah, so social media is pretty plain and simple. It's Babe Station without the B, so it's Abe Station. You should see the yellow profile picture. Um, no particular reason for that. Obviously, I don't have the most photogenic face in the world, so that's what. No, I'm that's only a lie. I'm only Just messing being around. Very humble. <laughs> but yeah, that it, it's Abe Station. Um, Snapchat is the same, which it would be very interesting to see somebody <laughs> show up on there as a result of a podcast. But hey, stranger things have happened. Um, and of course, I'm following the Tenth Men on Instagram too, so we can all congregate there, which I think is is probably the best idea, where we can all exchange our ideas and any reflections. I don't know how many people listen, but even mm. one, you know, we've had three people yeah. here and had as good a discussion as you could want. Anybody to say anything yeah. would be would make my day, and and certainly yours. Absolutely. And is there anything you'd like to share with the listeners? Any key messages? And you know, this is the moment. I think. Genuinely, when I said I can't follow, I, I think your point touched upon anything anybody's struggling with. Just remember this daunting prospect of getting into the real world, even though the real world has been affected. It's still just people. It, it's all just a house built on sand. And if you ever think you're not experienced, you're not ready, then we're all just the sum of our experiences. That's all we ever are. And if, if your life experiences haven't made you the man you are, then 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 nothing can and nothing has because that's all any of us are we're some of our experiences so the next time you feel you're unprepared you're not ready for something remember that your whole life has led to this moment not to be dramatic about it but you have learned everything that has come with every step of the way and it has been a continuum to this point only separated by um sleep which seems to be subtopic of the day yeah. So, so don't be daunted, you know. Um, don't be afraid. Um, but equally, like Karish says, be prudent enough and, and and generous enough to to take um the measures seriously. So be afraid in that sense, if that if that's going to make you uh, keep people safe. Absolutely. Thank you so much, man. Again, uh, for coming on. This is our first guest we've had on, and I think it's been a great conversation. I think it'll be really nice to listen to and see what all three of us have essentially explored. So. To summarize, really, <clears throat> we've explored why spontaneity is good, why planning is good, you know, and we went into if there is a middle ground between them, we try to reason out what's good about spontaneity and what's what's uh, what can happen if you take it to excess. We've explored examples. We've talked about how time is the limitation when we think about how spontaneous we can be, what we plan for. And we've also talked about how we can be spontaneous, how we can actually foster spontaneity in a sort of structured schedule, how the model of the plane, the pilot and the engineer, and now also the parachute can help you have a life that has planning, but also an element of spontaneity to it, an element of unpredictability where you don't have to have regrets because you know you have a safety net that covers a specific amount of time or an activity. And lastly, we talked about how and lastly, we talked about what being spontaneous and also including an element of planning can lead to. We talked about how we can get the best of both worlds by using the pilot, the plane, the engineer and the parachute model. And lastly, we explored what planning and what spontaneity can lead to if you can get a best of both worlds by instilling both of them in your lives we explained how the pilot, the plane, the engineer, and of course the parachute can help you foster both of them together. We explored some case studies about GFK and Roosevelt and of course deep work and deep rest. 
we actually realize that spontaneity can lead to a better life and it can actually complement planning. And both are essentially two sides of the same coin. If you guys want to reach out to us, please reach out to us at the official 10th men at gmail.com. 10th as in the numerals. If you want to reach out to us through Twitter or Instagram, is at 10th men, M E N, and 10th as in the numerals. And if you want to reach out to me personally, you can reach out to me through Twitter and Instagram at Prabust. I know it's a weird name, but it's P R A B O O S T. And what about you, Felix? Yeah, you can find me at felixbajori.com or at felixbajori on Twitter or Facebook. Um, Twitter's the easiest way to find me. Until next time, keep safe. Tenth Tenth Men Out. out.